<laughs> we have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs. <laughs> And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and, okay, uh, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, look, I, look, 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 look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, welcome back to Simple Sideline 365. I am KB, and with me, as always, is the is old man Lee with, Corso. Well, and Lee Corso on the cup is with us as well tonight. So you have that special treat. Welcome back. We appreciate you being here, and we will be talking Wake Forest, Florida State, coming up at noon on Saturday, for just a little under 48 hours, I guess 48 hours away from that prime. Well, not prime time, but matchup on ABC. Um, but yeah, old man, it looks like you're back, back into uh, a living space of some sort. How, where are you? How's it I going? Escaped, I escaped the bunker of the north and have made my way back to my elaborate studios here in the south. Okay. Yeah. I live a mere three hours from Tallahassee. Okay. Good but guess what I dug out of my war chest? Lee Corsell. Now, that's when Lee was a little bit younger. But you know what's interesting about this cup? And I got this cup years ago when they were honoring Lee Corsell. Lee Corsell came to Florida State from Miami. That's where he he was down in the Miami area. That's where he grew up. In 1953, he came from Miami in 1953, and he played at Florida State as a 5'9", 142 pounds. That's why they call it the Scooter, okay? The Scooter, Lee Corso, the greatest ever. He should never, ever leave ESPN College Game Day. He oh. is the man. He's the guy with the hat. There you go. There you go. And uh, I did have a prep for my crown on my back tooth. This is the second appointment. They oh, put God. the temporary. Then they send it out for three weeks. You know, dental care, oh, that's another show. Okay, yeah. Dental we, care we, is very expensive in, in the old U.S. of A. And we can talk about that sometime if you want. Thanks for uh, informing us of that uh, huge statistics. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, tonight, like we, like I said, we'll be talking about a couple of different things. Well, obviously, we'll be focusing on uh, we'll be focusing on our matchup this weekend. Uh, but first, we'll get into some latest updates and news around the college football, anything that we've have seen that's interesting since we last spoke with you all on Monday uh, covering the, the Duke game. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go break down the game and give our odds on, or give our, our input on the odds. And, and if we think Florida State can cover spread, and I, I don't know what the hell you have up on the screen. I need a better camera, old man. But uh, Mich- Michigan, I, I don't I don't Under know. the microscope, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's the latest out of there? I mean, this thing keeps... This thing keeps unraveling in front of us. At first, I mean, when we first talked about this, I think a week or two ago, I think I, you know, I think I took it more seriously than some people did. I, I said that this tends to be it. Te- it looks like to be a history with Harbaugh and trying to get around the rules. And people are like, no, that he's not gonna. It's not that serious. People do this all the time. It is just they don't get caught. Da da da. But as this, as a couple of the days, it seems like every new day there is a new thing that comes out about this. <laughs> kind of like the, Watergate and Nixon every day. <laughs> and the latest thing that's come out about this is that apparently in TCU last year with their matchup uh, with Michigan uh, in the college football playoff oh. is that they knew, they learned that from other staffs that had played Michigan that they were sign stealing, so they implemented dummy signs to trick Michigan 
And so they basically game planned around the fact that they knew Michigan was stealing signs and they and they had dummy signs. They they integrated dummy signs smart. into their playbook. Uh, which is smart. smart. That's how that's how big of a non secret this was, apparently amongst Big Ten opponents in Michigan. And and so badly that sta- other staffs were telling t- TCU coaches that this was a thing that that uh, Michigan was doing. Are you at all? Does this surprise you at all in, in terms of what's going on here or how bad this is? Got- I mean, I think the latest thing yesterday or the day before was that this coach, this ex-Army intelligence or whatever he was, yeah, he's a you know, nothing. What, they had paid him joke. to go to, what, 30-plus different games that weren't even related to Michigan football and go all across the country and just, like, sit in the stands. I, I, I don't know. Once again, I don't think this is necessarily just isolated to Michigan in terms of this being done, but I think maybe at the scale of it being done is shows a little bit either a conspiracy or a – I, I don't know. Conspiracy, lack of institutional control to stop something like this. I don't know. It, it just seems it's a lot more organized than we originally thought than the guy going rogue and just doing it. It seems like, and then he had a manifesto apparently that came out. It, it, it's getting very, very weird. Um, once again, Houston beat Michigan in that college football playoff game, and they were a seven, uh, you know, a point, a seven and a half point underdog in that game, and, and they beat Michigan. So they, either they were a better team. Or those dummies those actually counted, and they meant something. They were able to overcome that and upset Michigan in the college football playoff. What, what are your thoughts on this whole scandal uh, and this breaking news around you know this being a widely known thing among college football coaches? Apparently, well, I I, I think that it's generated some smoke now. I think I think it's generated smoke. It's generated uh, problems for the University of Michigan football program. It's brought some embarrassment to the University of Michigan president. Uh, Obviously, uh, there is an investigation moving forward, probably not only internally by the University of Michigan, but also the NCAA. Generally, they allow the universities to kind of be a step ahead on what they call self-reporting, and that's important. So if, in fact... The staff, the Michigan staff, or somebody in Mich- at the University of Michigan knew about this. They have a duty and a responsibility for self-reporting. I don't think that's what happened. I, I haven't seen anything that says University of Michigan has reported to the NCAA. But the the, the clear question is: there, there looks like there has been some violations here. The qu- next question will be: How serious are the violations uh, that are made? And if found, if founded against the University of Michigan football, how many of them will be linked to their head coach, Harbaugh? You know, that's the key. As we say in the great movie Training Day, Danzel Washington says, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And that's really the gist of this thing. Because Harbaugh is probably going to take the stance, I didn't know anything about this. This is done by assistance under me, maybe on the defensive side of this thing. And I didn't know anything about it. And I don't know, maybe there's a guy out there that'll take the fall for this. Uh, and he can say scot-free. However, there are those other people that say, you're the head coach. You must know everything. And if this guy was on your staff somewhere, you had, weren't you asking questions? What the hell does this guy do? And why is he in this room? And he would have been briefing people about his findings out there on his analyst job. So it's kind of hard to believe that they're going to get off scot-free on this thing and that there wasn't any issues. Okay. And to think anyone to think this is not serious. Wait a minute. FBI joints. I think that's bullshit. What do we need the <laughs> FBI in? Cyber the FBI, crimes. They're investigating the F- for yeah, cyber crimes. The FBI gets in on everything. They want to be, they want their name associated with everything going, okay? And that's what they do best. And they publicize themselves. There's no reason to have the FBI involved in this. Most of the NCAA uh, investigators are retired FBI guys. Now we're going to do uh, something on internet. Give me a break. 
It's a waste of damn time. I'm just Why don't they do more stuff on the stuff they've already got investigations going on two years, three years out? I don't need to get into that. They said the investigation is extensive, ongoing, is the utmost priority. Well, this is not good. This is not good. And the NCAA enforcement committee or staffers are on campus in Michigan as well. So if anyone thinks this is not serious or wasn't serious, it is very serious right now in terms of how – they were approaching this as a violation. Well, listen, here's another thing. Obviously, there's some disgruntled people that are inside the program or now outside the program for whatever reason, and they've started to send off their letters and, you know, that type of stuff to the right people to raise the smoke on this thing. This is not going to go away. It's embarrassing, and it'll have to be addressed. I think at the end of the day, Michigan's going to throw, try to throw this guy into the bus and say he he was a rogue agent doing no way. what he wants. No I, that's way. what they're going to try somebody, to do. Somebody was paying the rogue agent. Somebody was receiving his product of the rogue agent. I, I know. So it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to end that way. Somebody on these staffs knew who this guy was, why he was hired. It's not that easy. It's not going to go away. The question is how much will, will be linked to Harbaugh? And usually they say, you're the head coach. You should have known what the hell was going on. And if you didn't know what was going on, you'll be fired anyways. So it could be he could be released. We don't know. No, this guy was already fired. This guy was already fired. No, no, no. I'm talking about Harbaugh. Oh, you mean Harbaugh. I'm talking about Harbaugh. So they got a problem, and it's not going to be resolved by the end of the season. We know that. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine being a fa- like how as a fan. Yeah, oh yeah. God, can you imagine if this was Florida State right now? Like if oh, this was going. <laughs> oh, hey, Michigan wishes it would go away just based on getting rid of this former secret agent guy, which is a joke. It's, you know, the guy, the guy blustered up his resume, and they said, "Well, maybe this guy's on something. Let's, let's bring him on as some intern well, assistant or something." What's going to happen if they go on to to the national championship? Nothing. It's, it's, nothing. I know it's, it's just going to be. It's going to be a headline, but they're going to play in the game if it goes like the on. Astros. If they win out. It's going to be like the Astros when they won the. World the Series. Astros within asterisks. Yeah, that could happen. Or if they won the national championship and this was founded to be true, they might take it away from them. In fact, anything could happen. But Harbaugh is not going to be able to walk away from this. Yeah, yeah. It's def- I, I just think it's interesting. Because then- these, these college presidents, these college presidents, their main job is the reputation of the University of Michigan. Not their football team, not their damn baseball team. It's the university, okay? It's the university. And, and yes, football is a big part of that. But they're not going to... They're not, Jim, uh, Harbaugh is not that big a god there. Uh, not like, uh, uh, who's our guy at Michigan? Joe Paterno. He's not in that category, well, you know? And yeah, Joe Paterno didn't survive either. So this could be something that looks really bad. Before we move forward, Ward Chan okay. had some video from Mike Norvell on his whole take on this. Yeah, they're uh, asking all the guys. Really- they asked Wake Forest coach. Uh, as well, uh, Dave Clawson. So everybody's getting asked a question. Um, <laughs> sign stealing within game that has been forever. Like that is you know, when the people started going no huddle. People started staying, you know, spreading out. Pause that for a minute. Okay, he is right. Sign stealing is okay under certain guidelines. That goes on. Why wouldn't we think that goes on in sports? Okay, so the problem is if you start going to other campuses, you're going to other games and you're and you're doing it that way. I don't know why the hell they couldn't just do it from the game film that they get sent to them anyways and studying it. Sideline, um, you know, people look at the sideline and if, if you consistently do this and then you run the same play every time and that's it. Well, somebody's going to pick up that. on it. It's just like a normal tendency. Um, you know, it's, it's our job. You know, we have a very elaborate way of, of how we communicate. Um, now, you know, accusations of you know, people going and watching games. Well, that's just unethical. It's an unethical thing. You know, it's not. It's against all, um, you know, parts of the rules of, of what's stated. So, I mean, that's, you know, I can't defend that. If somebody chooses to come and, you know, watch, um, you know, our games, I mean, that's, you can't defend it. I think when you sit there and you look. So, so yeah, I mean, like you said, it's unethical. 
And once again, this is all alleged, so we don't know. We'll see what the outcome is at the end of the day. But I think, too, this led into the conversation around should there be – should it be kind of like the NFL where they have microphones inside the helmet so there's no more signs. It's just you call in the play to the helmet, and that's it. There's no well, more signing having to be done. It's just you call it in, and that's well, it. Well, that's great if you have a program that's bringing in – millions of dollars I, but I, I what about know. those programs that don't have that there they don't have that kind of money to put it in they don't get it then yeah i don't think i don't think this is, okay I, mean, I don't think this is a widespread thing going on i think if teams can figure out your signals fine but they have guidelines the ncaa has guidelines on what you can do and what you can't you're either inside the boundaries or you're outside it's that simple yeah and yeah. to adagby's point i mean michigan's in Penn State was kind of on the slide when the whole – I mean, two different scenarios. So let's not even compare the two. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, but I'm talking about reputation-wise. Is that the top right now? I think they're going to tr- try. Once again, these it's alleged right now. It's not confirmed, but it looks like it. But, yeah, it would be hard to replace a guy like that unless he is like, I'm done with this. I'm done with the NCAA. I just want to go back – you know, want to go to the NFL. He may just be like, I'm done with this BS. NCAA sucks. I, I don't have to do because, NIL yeah. deals. I don't have to welcome families. There's a lot of shit that yeah. goes on in college football that college coaches have to put up with. Yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, they, they, an NFL guy who comes down to college, it's got to be a huge transition. Yeah. I got to be there and roll out the carpet and welcome families and take them out to dinner, take them to my house. NIL deals have to deal with idiots like us, you know, where, where in the NFL it's draft. They have a big war room. They draft guys. It's real simple. Yeah. There's so, not, there's no recruitment going on. Yeah. And, and, and to except free agents. And, yeah. So we'll see if this, you know, allegedly if these things come to light. And once again, it seems like something new is coming out every day, but yeah. also I, I don't see how the NCAA or just major college football doesn't go to, headsets or, or mics inside the head, uh, inside the helmets for like, I think positions. they will. I they think will. in three, five years for the major programs, they'll all have that technology. If it's approved, it, you know, I just, I don't see how signing the on the technology side there is there. It's, it's a there. matter yeah. of approval. Yes. And then it's a matter of can a program afford it? Well, there's a lot I of things programs think. can't afford. Some programs can't afford practice facilities, but that doesn't mean that teams can't have them. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of cool, you know, all the signs and other guys I think it's are cool like too, this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of it. like the Enigma code of World War II or something, you know. All right, let's move into okay. Wake Forest and what we should expect from them. So, obviously, Wake Forest is – they've had a tough year. Um, they they yeah. lose their top quarterback, gener- their their own generational quarterback, uh, and Sam Hartman, who's at Notre Dame and doing his thing there. And they get Wake- to play Sam Hartman in a few weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, they've already, so, you know, just a reminder, last year, Wake Forest was, you know, even five, but they did have one of the top offenses in the country, 36 points per game. Uh, That has dropped drastically. That's what I said, yeah, last year, um, with San Hartman. Uh, This year, they're on, you know, they're four and three. Uh, They're fighting for a bowl. That is their goal right now, just to become bowl eligible, keep that streak alive. Uh, They're averaging 22 points per game, so way below what they averaged last year in that. That is, you know, you would expect that having lost a quarterback like that. Uh, but they're they're sort of reeling at the moment right now. Um, the good thing for them, if you're a Wake Forest fan, you did just win a game at Pittsburgh uh, or against Pittsburgh at home, excuse me, uh, with a third string quarterback. So um, they're one and four in their last four games. They have losses uh, against Georgia Tech, Clemson, Virginia Tech before last week's win against Pitt. Uh, and like I said, that's with a third string quarterback. The biggest, I mean, this is not even though Florida State hasn't won a game against uh, Wake Forest for three straight tries, and I think the last win, like I said, was back in 2018, 2017. Or I think it was the 2018 season. Um, you struggled with this mesh offense. Adam Fuller, as a coach, has struggled against his mesh offense of Wake Forest. But you have probably, but in the last time, you know, the last three times you fake Wake Forest, they had Sam Hartman at quarterback, I believe. So this is the first time they do not have a star at quarterback to run this offense. And I and it's already shown in how many points they're producing this year. They don't have an elite defense. They've lost a lot of those players from last year, even on the defense. It is not is not this is a game that Florida State should roll. They should absolutely roll. But what I will say, and, and, and we don't know who's gonna be the starting quarterback on Saturday for Wake Forest. 
from reading the Wake Forest boards, I was able to see kind of some of the blogs that they have and stuff like that. They're in between whether or not they want to start with uh, their their starting quarterback, Mitch Griffiths, who started the year. He struggled. He's the guy, like I said, I mentioned it on Monday uh, during the Duke recap. He's a guy that's local. He's from Virginia. Um, but he struggled. He came in as the incumbent and, and just has struggled this year. He's nine TDs to six interceptions. Um, and the fan base has kind of fallen out of love of uh, out of love with him, even though they see he's got probably the most upside in terms of talent. He's or he's got the most talent that they see coming in, uh, and probably the most upside. They tried out Michael Kern. They kind of like what they saw with him, but he got hurt. And then you bring in Santino Mariucci, uh, or sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Mariucci. He wasn't convert. I mean, he came in as a quarterback. Then they converted him to like a safety linebacker. You see how big he is now. And then they had to bring him back to quarterback because they were so both their starting quarterbacks got hurt. And he comes in last week, doesn't play great. He was 12 of 21, threw a couple of interceptions, but he led this game winning drive that is now in like Wake Forest lore because what he could do in the last minute of the game and keep their basically bowl season alive, essentially. Because if they lost four straight, then coming into Florida State, it, 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 it would make their schedule a lot harder to achieve, that six-win season harder to achieve. So he's he's kind of built – he caught lightning in the bottle last week. And, and, they, and then now the fans on their end are like, we want to start him. We want to see if he can recreate that somewhat. But he did not have a great game last week. So I'm interested in your take. What do you what do you see out of this Wake Forest team? Who do you think will start quarterback? And, and, and do you think this will be a close matchup? Well, you had a lot there. You I took a lot of my stuff. <laughs> Good God. You know, the fans are going, hey, let the old man talk. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't think Dave Clawson, Coach Dave Clawson, first of all, Coach Dave Clawson, a real professional, a real nice gentleman, a real good guy, a guy you'd want on your staff as one of your top assistants, okay? when he's ready to move out of out of uh, Wake Forest. Yep. A really good guy, paid a lot of good comments to Florida State and his, his uh, pregame uh, presser. So hats off to him, a really good guy. And he, and he, and you know what he said, you know, he says too, I read, I read some stuff about uh, his, you know, that he was talking about this week. He goes, every year, every season, I have to adjust to the players on this team. Now, yeah. you might say, well, everybody says that. Well, that's not true. He doesn't get the pick of yeah. the litter like the Power 5, no, not even Power, Power 3, Power 2 programs do. He doesn't get the same picks that Florida State gets. All right? So let's make, make that clear. And he does a pretty good job with what he's got. I don't think he knows who he's going to start uh and who he's going to play at quarterback. He could play two of these guys. He could play Mitch Griffiths. He has over 1,200 yards passing, whether the fans like him or not. He's had the most snaps this season, but he's inexperienced still, even with 1,200 yards he's posted up. All right? Mm -hmm. He could play Griffiths. He could play, I love the guy, Santino Marucci. Marucci. That's a great Italian name. I bet his mom whips up a great spaghetti and meatballs. Now, win or no win, if Griffiths starts and falters, does the, can't move the ball, which could be a problem against Florida State, then the, he may turn to Marucci. Kern is out. Kern got hurt yeah. in the Virginia Tech game. Yeah. He is not in the equation. So I think that's kind of how it's going to roll. It is going to be a tough day for this Wake Forest team. Yep. The best part of the Wake Forest team come on noon Saturday is when that demon deacon rolls out on that damn Harley, man. And then they play, I think, the Sandman song, I think, if I remember. And that guy, that big demon comes rolling out there and the team comes out. That's pretty cool. Not as good as Chief Osceola. But pretty cool. That's going to be the highlight, the moment, the biggest moment for them in this game. They may hang around for a quarter or so, but this Florida State team is too talented, too powerful, and Wake Forest is only in one category nationally that caught my attention. They're not in the top 50 
on most other national categories except this one, and that is defensively, they can get off the field and they're ranked like 34th. Yeah. They get off the field on third downs. Yeah. That yeah. will be interesting. But they will not get off this field on as many third downs as they have ranked nationally now because this Florida State team is too powerful and is going to overwhelm them with depth, KB. Yeah. Depth. Yeah. D-E-P-T-H. But you could have said the same thing last year when we lost, right? In no, 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 no. They had Sam Workman. Sam Hartman? Hartman? They had they said Sam Hartman. He is the difference in this team this year. And let me say this. Okay. okay that, that, wait a minute. They beat Elon. They beat Vandy. Okay, that's good. They beat an SCC team. Really? They, the, they okay. beat Old Dominion. Okay, which is an up-and-coming transitioner. Okay, and then they beat Pittsburgh barely. They lost to Georgia Tech. They lost to Clemson. They lost to Virginia Tech. Their only way to make a bowl, they're not going to beat Florida State. They're not going to beat Duke. They have to beat NC State and Syracuse because they're also going to lose to Notre Dame. Yeah, and then that's why, like I said, that's last my week, take. That's why last week was such a big win for them and why oh, it kind of stayed their yeah. season because they have – Three right. more ranked teams on their on their right. on their schedule, plus NC State. It's not going to be an easy game. So, yeah, it, they 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 know that that fourth win last week was big. Yeah, in order for them to have a chance at a sixth win, because the they're going to have to beat NC State, who's not that great, and beat uh, Syracuse, yeah. who yeah. can you know they'll give you a game because Wake Forest isn't that good. So both of those games could be toss ups, and and they have to beat two of them to get to the Home Depot. Toilet bowl. Okay. So, so my big thing is, you said Sam Hartman was was the the, the big factor. Difference. Oh yeah. But last yeah. year, Florida State only scored twenty one points. So, what sh- you know, I know we had some weapons, but w- why do we struggle with this team defense? Like last year, we like I said, we only. Put I don't up think we points. take them as serious as we should. I I think there's a the letdown. These kids. All our Florida State players, they're looking at social media. They're looking at the things we look at, and they're saying, oh, these guys suck. I've done that. I'm going to be playing ball Saturday. I look, who are we playing, how many runs, and I say, oh, these guys aren't that good. You get a, you get this sense that you're just going to show up and beat people. If Florida State does that, it's the, the thing Florida State, they're going to win the game. The question is they have to beat the spread. I, I don't know what the spread is today. Do you know what it is? Uh, no. I'll look it up. I think I think the big. I bet thing it's seventeen is, points. I bet it's twenty-one points. The, the chief big thing that they basically have to, the way they win this game easily is they can't beat themselves. Last year they committed eleven oh. penalties for ninety-six yards, which killed them because yardage-wise last year with Sam Hartman, whatever yardage-wise it was basically total yards was the same. They gave up. They had three fumbles last year, gave up one of them. Oh like yeah, said, you 11 any, to 96 any college team wise. can beat you if you Jordan do that. Jordan Travis had a great game last year. He threw from almost 300 yards to three touchdowns. Running game, Treshawn Ward had almost 100 yards, 13 on the eight, 13 for 87, two uh, two receptions, 14. 20 and a half points. 20. Okay, and I don't, half. I, but like I said, for this game to for Florida State to roll, they have to take care of the ball. No stupid penalties. They you don't want to keep Wake Forest in, in the fourth. They're not, that, they're, that's the thing you don't want to do. And you have to. The thing that they struggle with this in this mesh offense is that you have to have linebackers that have their eyes stay where the ball is, right? That's where Florida State has struggled. Linebackers with safety that's coming up has to have their eye on the ball. They cannot over jump, jump the hole, then he jumps outward because that that is where they struggle historically with this is keeping points off the board because the mesh. If you got have a guy that can operate, Sam Hartman was the best at it because he could actually place the ball when they threw it. And, he wasn't yeah. the best runner, but when they passed the ball, he could put it on target every single time. But they, you still had to play discipline football and defense because in the pit game at, at last week, they were able to score, even though Santino struggled the entire game. What he was able to do was he was able to score, and, and I'll pull it up here. He was able to score when it counted, like you, like you see on the screen here. Scramble out, scramble out. It, it, once again, I think that gets picked against Florida State. It's a lucky Actually, pass. That, that's, that's a lucky, a lucky pass. pass. But once again, this sequence, this is the last 20 seconds of this game. Yeah, lucky. You know, they, they you know, 
you you can't leave open. And we've seen we've seen he, plays like this for Florida State where guys are just wide he's open. He's not going to have that time against I, Florida State's and, and, defensive line. This defensive line, I'm telling you, I was skeptical early in the season. It's starting to come together. Sometimes they don't finish at the quarterback, but that quarterback knows they're there. Yeah. And that pressure, th- these quarterbacks here for Wake Forest are going to struggle against Florida State. And they're going to make mistakes. And, and you don't think Dave Klaus is saying, we we got to get rid of the ball within three seconds. we got to do the Tom Brady thing. you got to get rid of the ball three, three and a half seconds. If not, you're going to be in trouble. If Florida State can shut down this one play right here, they can shut down this play right here. The, this is that RPO, actually, slow RPO. If they RPO. can prevent that explosive right. run right there, that, right. this is the only thing that can kill Florida State on Saturday, is this explosive right. run. Right. That is big, the only thing that will be able to beat Florida. Make big this chunk close. play. Yeah, big chunk plays like that. Because Wake Forest is not going to be able to methodically move the ball down. And you know how you, you you know how you defeat that RPO like that? You have to stay home. You have to stay. You can't get so eager. I got to get two and a half sacks today. Like I got to do. And you like get 20. out of position. Yeah. yeah. He, said, he, he, he didn't do again. anything. Yeah. He, he lowered his head, took the block, didn't even see the guy go by. You can't get selfish playing this, this type of offense. Yeah. If you yeah. get selfish and get out of your lane, you're going to allow a big chunk play. Yeah, that's what's going to could happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this team knows now they're in the home stretch. Okay, they've got some big games coming. This isn't one of them. Next week against Pittsburgh is not one of them. You're getting a couple of breathers, but you must go out and beat the spread. You must go out and beat the spread. Absolutely. And, and yeah, you have to come in, like Jody Fowler says, you have to come in and play like you're uh, playing a top ranked team. But like you said, yeah, well, it has to be the same mindset. And to your point, you said Fabian Lovett had his best game of the season. I hope he can grow on yeah. top of that because that was the best I've seen Fabian Lovett uh, I best think, play I've in seen. two years. In two yeah, years. I agree. He was dominant. He was making big plays, solo plays. He was pushing that middle, and it was great to see. They'll be without Dennis Briggs this weekend. So even more playing time for those interior linemen and, and the entire What's line. Wrong What's wrong with Briggs? What's wrong? I think he was Briggs? just banged up. They said I don't think it was anything okay. serious, but I think they were uh, just going to. It was just going to keep him out for a game. Okay. And then we'll see on the receiver end. You may be missing Johnny Wilson and Destin yeah. Hill. I think the I could see out. Johnny Wilson, but you know that's why these uh, depth chart. It came out the Wake Forest depth chart came out on Monday, and it's yeah. like there's Johnny Wilson listed up there again. It's a joke. You know, these things, they just push these out because I guess they have to, or the press wants them or whatever. But they're a joke. You don't know. You shouldn't be pushing this out to like Thursday. How the hell they push it out on Monday is beyond me. You tell me how that works. Yeah, I, I it's like you said, it doesn't mean anything um, at all. But I, I think we talked about it on Monday. I think you should keep, you should keep uh, Johnny Wilson out. Because, like you said, he's listed at the top of the depth chart here. I don't think Johnny Wilson plays. You've got plenty of guys. You don't need Johnny Wilson. Let Kentron play. Let Kentron get his time. Let Hakeem get his time. Let Darian Williamson get in there a little bit, backing up Keon Coleman. Exactly. These are can be development games. These guys shouldn't be that much developed. You know, Kentron, he's got to show up or he's going to show in the portal. Either him or Darian Williamson is going to be in the portal. That's yeah. my prediction. Well, I mean, I think they know that they're starters next year. I mean, there's, it's, they are the well, guys. Well, I don't know. You got Hakeem Williams out there. You got uh, Destin Hill out there. Yeah, you got some other guys you're bringing in. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a battle. There's no guarantee for them. Yeah, but in my opinion, I think you you sit Johnny, you sit Destin. You got big games against Miami and Florida coming up. Yeah. Do not risk them because you you this is where you can rely on your depth. This is why you have bodies. This is why you have great players. Rely on right. those players. Give those players a chance. You're exactly right because you've got the two in-state games and the possible ACC championship yes, game. Exactly. You got exactly. you got some big games here. So Wake Forest in Pittsburgh should be if you're a dominant team, you're number 4 in the country, should be a game against the spread, not against the opponent. And I think this could be a this could be a this is going to be a great game once again for a showcase like we talked about for Fabian Lovett, Brandon Fisk with Briggs out. Maybe you'll see some more Daniel Lyons play. Um, but once again, D line and linebackers they can if they can focus in stop those big run plays. That's the only way for stays in this game. I think the spread of twenty eight points is should be on the list to check off. And if you could check that off late in the third quarter and you can get time for Tate Rodemaker to get in, 
get some reps because like you said we need to get this guy reps because we don't know we still you know we played in one game last year we still need to get him game time rest the better uh, sooner we can get him in the better and i think you have the chance i want to see this weekend if florida state can start fast on offense i think starting slow on offense in the wrong game is going to bite you in the butt it may not bite you this week it may not bite you the next week will it bite you against miami will it bite you against florida Florida has a big game against Georgia this weekend. I think they they may give Georgia a little bit of a test. We may we'll see. But starting slow on offense, not turning it on until the fourth quarter is going to bite you in the ass one of these days. It is. I'm telling you, this team cannot be a fourth quarter team. It's great to finish, but at some point you got to start. You got to start faster on offense. The defense is doing its job. The defense is keeping you so that you can figure it out. But at some point, I want to see this offense play a full game against a quality opponent. And not to, I'm not saying, you know, Wake Forest is Duke defense. I just want to see that consistency in offense of moving the ball. And not every offensive series has to end in a touchdown. I'm not this guy that thinks we have to score every drive. But I don't want to see, you know, three and out, three and out, and then a score. Like, just sustained drives, good play calling from our staff as well. This is not just on the players. It's about the staff putting our players in the right positions to make the first downs. Let's not two verticals when we need two yards. Let's let's not make it more complicated, right? Let's call up some easy plays so we can get two yards and not look for the Hail Mary when when all we do need to do is move the sticks. So I'll be looking for the play calling this weekend as well because I do think there was some interesting play calls last week from uh, either Atkins or Norvell, whichever one of them is actually playing the calls, oh, putting the calls in because I think there's some discussion about who's know, doing that, it. That, no, it's a good point. Yeah. I don't think Atkins is calling the plays. I, I just, that's not happening. I don't see him there with big sheets like all these other guys have. He's not calling plays. Let's let's be frank about it. He's the offensive coordinator, I assume, to put the game plan together of how we're going to approach this, but he is not calling plays. If he is, he's got a hell of a secret way of doing it. And if someone is out there knows something more, let us know. He is not a guy who's up in the booth. He's not a guy on the ground with the sheets uh, all tied to him, and he's calling plays. No way. But neither you is Norvell. Norvell's not carrying around the sheets. Norvell's not is doing that either. So, I, you know, but uh, I think Norvell has more on the field play calling than does Atkins. Atkins is not that quote classic offensive coordinator up there calling the sheets. What the Twitter experts would tell you is that. You know, at some points in some of these games where the offense has struggled, it's been Atkins calling the first half, and then Mike Norvell takes over. Huh. That's when the I, offense starts I always, clicking. I wish I, they'd show something. No way. I they would have cameras I, on Atkins with the big plastic sheets calling plays. No way. But once again, the no offense looked different it. in the fourth quarter. Like the play calling looked different. Once again, I don't know if that was just fatigue on Duke's side, but the, I, I don't know. Once again, these are the Twitter experts that will tell you that they switched the play calling and, and Norvell took over, and that's why that's it all. Up. It's that's all, all speculation, unfounded <laughs> speculation is what that but is. But if anyone has insight about who is actually calling the plays, whether it's all Atkins or all Norvell or any somebody else, Coach Tark, let us know because I'd be interested to know who's actually calling some of these. Uh, well, Norvell actually gets all the credit from the TV announcers. He's the offensive play calling genius. So he's getting the credit. I don't, you know, I don't see him with any play sheet. How do you call plays if you don't have play sheets? How the hell do you do that? What do you have, a photographic memory? <laughs> Come on, KB. It doesn't make any sense. Look at the NFL guys who are on the sideline. The guy who's the Miami head coach who calls the plays. He's got a damn sheet this big. Yeah, that guy makes it complicated. But he makes K- it really no, complicated. Well, he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he is, K- yeah. But KB, how do you call plays if you don't have sheets of paper or something in front of you? I know, no some, high, I know some high school coaches that make their quarterback no. run walk all the yeah. way over to the high well, uh, you know sidelines and you talk to them. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That is horrible. Yeah, right. I, I understand what you're talking about. That's a private inside joke. But you know what's funny about you know I lost I lost my th- my thought it it, it 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 something is oh here here's what it is for the insiders who have media credentials why please ask that who is calling plays on each game 
Is it Coach Atkins? Is it Coach Duvall? Is it someone up in the booth? Just ask that question. No, no, they don't ask that. Okay. Uh, Adagi asks, when will we see the Null start playing like a semi-pro team? What does that uh, mean? I, I what does think that mean? It worse. I, I think in the fourth I, quarter, they last, are a semi-pro team. In the fourth quarter, we saw the glimpses of that. When then the offense put twenty-one straight up on the board, they could have been more if they if they kept wanting to score. That defense is playing lights out. I think we're close. I think we're close. Like I said, if we start faster, and the, the, the like I said, the defense has been playing very consistent, very consistent. I mean, and they should they should be dominating in this game. And, we should yeah. see that consistency and more of a domination in the next two games, and we're going to be watching for that. We yeah. gotta, we gotta see that. The other thing is that um, uh, this offense should be running at more of a high efficiency in the next two games. They've got two games to get it together and keep moving forward. Now, there's and, absolutely no reason to slip any gears in these next couple of games because your your bigger boys are coming up. And it'll be interesting, like, what they do with the running game. Like, do they continue to use – because some people are saying maybe Tofili should be the guy that starts the run and then Benson comes in late when they're – It doesn't down, matter. Like that. Whoever I, can get to 150 yards rushing the – you know, all three of them, if you can get to 150, 170 yards, we'll take it. Doesn't that's matter. Come I, in. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. Maybe – I don't know if we'll start to see because Trey's – I mean, Trey is – Having yards per contact, and I think some of it is on the line, but I, I, I'm interested to see if they start to rot, how they start to rotate guys, and if they just stay the same way. You know, if they start, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see that and see how that rolls. And I want to see on Saturday. I, I want to see. It feels like sometimes Jordan Travis does force feed guys or focus laser focus on a certain guy. I, I love last week when he went to Jaheim. He went to Morlock. I want to see if they continue to play like that. We knew Duke struggled with tight ends. But I think that integration of attacking the middle of the field, taking the underneath route, looking at other pieces outside of Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, that is when the offense really will start to open up. When it's not like, okay, I have a one-on-one with Johnny Wilson. I have to go there. No, just because you have that matchup doesn't mean you have to force it down there. Because even though he's 6'7", the guy may be 6'1", doesn't automatically mean you're going to win that because you still have to make that tough throw. You still have to put in a spot where he can catch it. And I don't think Johnny Wilson's the most physical receiver. I think Keon Coleman's a little bit more physical. But still, if that's not – you don't have to force it there if you're going to get Jaheim underneath or if you're going to get Destin Hill underneath. You take right? what's available. And that, exactly. Take and that's what's what available. See. That's why I want to see more Jordan saying, I'm not going to force it up there even though I have the matchup. Listen. Let me see if five yards is open for the first time to move the chains because I think the next that's where we get in trouble – that's where we get in trouble with third down sometimes and go three and outs because he's looking for the big play versus the smart play or the conservative play of getting moving the chains. The next level is looking for quarterbacks that can go through the procession. He should be a minimum looking at three different people and who's help and getting rid of that football, getting rid of that football within three and a half to four seconds through a progression of at least three receivers. If he's not doing that, you don't think the NFL scouts look for that that stuff on tape of all these games before they go after a quarterback? Of course they do. If you are only constantly reading one guy or two guys, they're going to have a problem with that. And part they're going to have a problem with that. Trusting your line, trust your line will give you that time. And you know, sometimes, and that's maybe that's part of it. Maybe he doesn't trust in pass protection that they'll give him the time. But we've seen many times when he has. You know, hit it down the field. They have given them a pocket, so I think it's that. And, and I hope, I hope, if the middle opens up or a side opens up, and there's eight to ten yards there to be gained, take it. Yeah, exactly. Don't, you, you don't have to have a directed run call. If it's there, you take the yardage yeah. and slide or get out of bounds. Yeah. You have to learn to do that. Well, you don't have to lower your shoulder. You don't have to be a tough guy. Just take the yards that are given to you. Take the receiver that's given to you, okay? That's really, and then what we should be looking at, at once this game is in hand, we know we're going to win by the points we need to win by, then he needs to exit the game. The worst thing that could happen is you get your number one quarterback, which this team revolves around, hurt, be going into the final segment of this season. Absolutely, absolutely. And and playing into that, how much – from last week, do we see Jordan Travis integrated into the run game? Because that 
that was the biggest feedback from last week was his ability to use his legs again in the offense really opens things up. It opens There's, up the field and makes it stretches the field, which helps in the internal run game, but it, it makes the linebackers have to look it makes I them have to respect it. And it, I and don't it believe I don't work. believe I don't believe you have to have designated now designated runs for him in this offense for this offense to be productive. If he uses undirected runs, when I have to or I see yardage, go for it. It's like a guy in baseball. Some guys, very few, had no signs. You steal when you want to steal. You don't have to direct Jordan Travis to run. Okay, you got enough other guys can run. When you see it, Jordan, just take it. Take it. Yeah. I don't have to tell you. You don't have to ask my permission. Take it. But if you run too much, you get your quarterback hurt. The whole season can turn. The whole season can turn. Well, last week was his highest rushing total of the year with 62 yards and a touchdown. And the well, offense was humming wonder, in that fourth quarter. So I wonder how many were directed versus well, broken, it was, broken plays. I think a lot of them in the fourth quarter were directed. Um, mm-hmm. And he had his most attempts since the Virginia Tech game with 10. So we're seeing a trend that attempts have gone up. Uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, okay. our last three games, and, and we'll see if that trend continues. Um, all right, so uh, we're t- both taking the spread. Once again, we, we hope, we believe. That 20 this and a half. Be, it's yeah, 20, 20 and a half. half. I think they'll. I think the Knowles will cover that spread, and I think they need to cover the spread. And if they don't, then questions, once again, should be asked. But they have the talent, they have the depth, and they have the players to do it. And, and once again, I think they should be able to put this game away, game away early, mid-third quarter, so that you can get Tate and get valuable reps for guys like him, Darian, some of these receiving core, um, I would, you know, stuff like that. So. And we're not really, yeah, I, I don't really see myself focusing on the Wake Forest situation. I'm not being smart or yeah. ugly to them. I'm just saying I'm really looking at certain things that should be happening on the Florida State side. Yeah. It's yeah. really Florida State against Florida State. You know, this team, how's it going to show up? And meet expectations that Coach Norvell and the fan base has. You can, this is not a team to squeak by on. You're That's going to be playing for, very playing, disappointing. You're playing for a national championship. They're playing for right. a bowl, as you believe. That, right. that, and, that's and, the difference. Right. That, and you and, need to and, play and if like we that. squeak by the next two weeks, we're going to be asking hard questions. And we're not going to be saying, well, a win is a win. Well, it isn't. Because you're number four. You're sitting on the bubble. You're waiting for a committee member to just boot your ass out. And then everybody will be shouting about that. And this, These are the things that start to show up. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to blame the committee. You're not going to be able to blame the referees. You're going to have to look internally and see what happened. And this weekend is the first, I believe, the selection show. Um, oh, it is? The committee yeah, starts the ranking? This weekend. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. once again, this is when you need to start playing ball hard. Um, and, and, that and I think playing, that's what a Dagby's talking about. Yeah, yeah. when are we going to start playing like we should exactly. be playing? So, and that may play into Norvell's decision. When does he pull his starters? You know, does he let them play? If this game is 28 points plus in the third, does he play them a little bit longer to make sure that that number is a blowout? Does he? I, I pull certain guys out because that can always, the committee will be told that. They've started pulling guys at 28 and, that, and that's okay. You know, I think as long as you have an explanation, but I'm not going to leave some of my star guys out there with a 28-point lead. I'm not going to do it. You know, that's the risk you run. All right. right? So, yeah. So, we will, once again, I believe the first rankings drop. They drop Tuesday, October 31st. So, we'll be talking about that. We'll see uh, next week. You, where you, they know, drop. you need to make an impression this weekend. You do let, not want You to need make to make goal. an impression because here's what the committee looks at. Wake Forest sucks. How did you do? Yep. If you if you're if you can beat them by 28 points, you did fine. Starters in or out, but yeah, coach kind of has to play that. You're right about his mindset. You're right about the mindset. Yeah, that's yeah. why this team cannot go out there and just fool around with these guys and three out, another three out. You, you know, and, and I let guarantee them- you, Washington, who struggled last week and didn't score an offensive touchdown, is going to try to blow the tail off of Stanford. Because they're oh, number five, and they, and they want to try to win back that respect. You got, you got four, you got four, five, and six battling out. All I'm hearing, well, Michigan and Ohio State, one of them are going to lose. Well, if they one of them loses by one point in overtime, they may leave them up there. 
you don't know what they're going to do versus you squeak by Wake Forest, you squeak by Pittsburgh. I, I think you could lose your spot. Just, I just think you could lose your field. spot. Let's, let's just take care of business. So this is really about what Florida State does yep. in this game. That's yep. it. All right. That's it. Okay, one other thing. This is all I have left on my list. Florida, Georgia. Florida, Georgia, the biggest cocktail party in the world in Jacksonville. That's a 3.30 game. We'll be able to catch that after the Florida State game. Are we going to do our post game? Yeah, we'll do our post game, right? And that's a 14-point spread, uh, Georgia fa uh, favorite. Who are you taking? Uh... I mean, I would probably. I don't know. And look, at Florida's been kind of sneaky, six and two, three and one in the SEC. So everybody, oh, we're gonna kick. You know, they're they're putting together a little bit. They got athletes. Let's not fool ourselves. They got some athletes. They got I mean, some athletes. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know because Georgia hasn't played anybody except. I mean, they beat the brakes off Kentucky, but I, I I don't I don't know. They that like that's been the only team they've actually played this season. I'm going to take Georgia. I think it's a big game for Georgia. They know it. They're undefeated. They're number one. I see Georgia. Uh, I see Georgia in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, take Georgia as well. Okay. I'll take Georgia. I think they'll cover the spread. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Florida's been a little inconsistent. Uh, they, and three of those wins, three of those wins were cupcake teams they beat. Yeah, I so. mean, yeah. Let's let's not overrate them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll go with you there, Georgia by fourteen and a half. All right, cool. All right. So once again, we will see you all uh, on Saturday. We'll we'll. We'll watch the game, then we'll do a little post-game react afterwards. So hopefully it's a blowout. We can talk about what went well and uh, move on to the next week. And then we'll do the college football preview show or selection shows uh, Tuesday after that. So we'll stay tuned for that. And hopefully uh, we'll, we'll do enough to be in the top four, which I think we will. And uh, we can go from there. You know what? That's a good theme. Did we do enough? That's the theme going forward. Yep. Did we do enough? I think Bowers is out. I think Bowers is out, right? He's done Bowers for the is done. He's yeah, done. He's out for the season. He's out. Who put up? What was that? 85, 85 degrees? Is that? I think eighty five points. I think he wants John wants eighty five points. Eight for the high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Take the hey. Take the over then, because I think the over over under is fifty two. So <laughs> take the over. Yeah. Um. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for stopping by. Have a great Thursday. Have a great Friday. We'll see you on Saturday. And go Knowles as always. And let's put it on Wake Forest. Let's, go let's, let's, let's go. Plus. Let's go. Take okay, down those demon deacons. Take care, guys. You know, we get a Oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> what? I guess.